Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Uh, the reading is from 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 31 to 40. When the words which David spoke were heard, they told him to Saul, and he said to, for him, David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail on account of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. Then Saul said to David, You are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are but a youth, while he has, a war he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant was tending his father's sheep. When a lion and a bear came and took a lamb from the flock, I went out after him and attacked him and rescued him from his mouth. And when he rose up against me, I seized him by his beard and struck him and killed him. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, since he has taunted the armies of the living God. And David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and may the Lord be with you. Then Saul clothed David with his garments and put a bronze helmet on his head, and he clothed him with armor. David girded his sword over his armor and tried to walk, for he had not tested them. So David said to Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not tested them. And David took them off. He took his stick in his hand and chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook and put them in the shepherd's bag, which he had even in his pouch, and his sling was in his hand. And he approached the Philistine. Amen. Thank you, Jocelyn. It like ends just before the good part. And in case you don't know the rest of the story, David does win. Praise the Lord. But we are a church where our faith grows exceedingly. Can we all say that? My faith grows exceedingly. My faith grows exceedingly. The more we grow in our faith, the more impact our faith can have. Right where we are, here we are in the Sunshine Coast, in the back of a private hospital, and our faith is growing. Yeah. We are hearing the word of God, and we are expecting big things. I was so encouraged by last week's message, Pastor Grant, about how people of faith, when we live our life by the faith of God, we can impact this world. We can impact our generation, and we can impact eternity. Yeah. That's how powerful and how precious our faith is. You know, what Peter says in 1 Peter, he talks about our precious faith. Faith is so precious because it's the only way we can please God. I think the fact that we can even please God is wonderful. Right. But the thing is, it's, he doesn't ask for money. He doesn't ask for us being completely perfect in everything we do. We have to be perfect. He's like, I just want someone to believe me. And that is so pleasing to him. And that's why we at Redeemer Coast, our faith grows. And it grows exceedingly. So are we expecting this morning? Yeah. Are we expecting to hear from God right now where we are in your situation, what you are believing for? I'm believing for light. 
Yeah. I woke up this morning, I was praying, I was praying for our church and what God has. And I just, in that um, simple scripture in Psalms 119, the entrance of his word gives light yeah. and it brings understanding to the simple. I can be very simple sometimes, but praise <laughs> God for the wisdom of God. Because all of a sudden when you have his wisdom, you know exactly what to do. Yeah. And when you have his understanding, you know how and when to do it. So, good. so that's, that's what I'm believing for and expecting for today is for right where you are at, your faith can grow. Yeah. And it may just be starting down here, how we had the, the ladder um, a couple weeks ago, maybe a month ago now. We had the ladder. We started the first run. Maybe you're on the first step but we can continue to grow. And the more we can grow in our faith, the more impact our faith can have. Amen? Yes. So I'm going to pray, and we can agree with me together for um, Revelation today. Father, first of all, we just thank you so much for your word. We thank you for your written word, because it is how faith comes. It's by your anointed word. And Lord, I thank you that um, as... We speak today, Father, I just thank you that there would be utterance today, and I thank you for light for our people, that there would be answers to the questions, and that they would know their next step, that there would be clear instruction of what you would have them do. We thank you for your presence that's here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The more we believe, the more impact our faith can have. Growing in faith not only impacts our lives, it also brings the plans of God into the earth. And in 2 Chronicles chapter 16 and verse 9, it says, For the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the whole earth, that he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his. Can you just think about that? God is looking throughout the whole earth. He's just looking for someone whose heart is completely his. Other translations say whose heart is blameless towards him or the, whose heart is loyal to him. He's just looking for someone who will believe him. His eyes look to and fro. Whose heart? Who will believe my word? Who will believe what I have, sa what I have said over and above their circumstances? Who will believe my word over and above their feelings? And when he finds that person, all of the things that he can do with them and through them. And that's exactly who David was. That's why I love the story of David and Goliath. This little, this guy in his youth, and there's this Philistine that he sees. You kind of picture David, like he grew up as a shepherd. And, it's, and I love how he boldly declares that the same God who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from this Philistine as well. See, so he started with the lion and the bear before he faced Goliath, right? He needed to know that God is faithful. When he defeated the lion, he experienced for himself the faithfulness of God. And what did that do? That built his faith. So he stepped on that first, although let's just be honest, I mean, if you're facing a lion and a bear, that's a pretty big deal already. He probably started with the spider. That's where I started. And I'm still there sometimes. And to, also to be fair, Australia has way bigger spiders than Canada. So my faith is growing based on the spider, the spider depth of their leg span. It's just not right. It is not normal for spiders to like not die after you've like dropped a textbook on them. Like one time I was chasing a huntsman spider around because I was working at a gym and had this like 20 kilo plat like like 20 kilo like metal 
dump, or what do you call those things? Plates, thank you, yeah. to myself. <laughs> Plates. And I was like, literally, I saw this huge sunspin spider. I'm like trying to chase it around and like trying to drop it, but they're so fast. So I, I missed it a million times and I had to humbly go over to someone, interrupt their workout and said, there's a spider, can you kill it? <laughs> and he just calms the goat, he grabs a broom, sweeps it up, and then he releases it outside. And I was like, you released it? That thing she needs to die. Like, you can just release it. But I'm learning and I'm growing in my faith. So sometimes, you know, David started probably with a spider and then maybe a cat and then a dog and a fox. Yeah, probably a lot more foxes there than cats and dogs and spiders, but you know. But each time he's building his faith and each time a victory also that confidence in God grows. He started with where he's at. Because if you never start, you're never going to finish. So you might as well just start with where you're at. Amen? So how, whatever you may be at right now in your faith, praise God. Let's continue to grow. Because the more we can grow in our faith, the more impact our faith can have. And so then David experiences this with the, with the lion. And God delivered him from the lion. And he has that victory. He's got his sheep. Praise God. And then all of a sudden a bear comes. And the same response, the same God who is with me with that lion is the same God that's with me with this bear so I can defeat this bear. And then he defeated the bear. And then all of a sudden, he's out in the, in the pasture and in the, in the sheep and all that kind of stuff. And then he hears about this Philistine that comes at him, this Goliath that he's been causing fear and all that kind of stuff to this nation of Israel. And everybody's response was fear. What are we going to do? We can't defeat this giant. He's huge. No one can face him. We're all a bunch of runs we can't do. We can't defeat this guy. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And that's their response. But David's response, he hears about this, and he con continuously asks, because King Saul, he made a deal of whoever will face this giant, I'll give, him, I'll give him my daughter, no more taxes, just someone do something about this giant. And so David asked a couple of times, so what's, what's the reward again? And he asked again, what's the reward again? I get, I get his daughter? Awesome. This is a great deal. And so David, he has no fear. He refuses to reason. Imagine if David reasoned and been like, okay, um, I'm just going to, Goliath, you stand there, turn your back, and I'm going to turn my back and just see who's taller. <laughs> like, what if he reasoned that out? In the natural, my, my brother does that. You guys do it all the time. They always measure who's taller. And they're like in their 30s now, almost like you're 20, but they stopped growing, and yet they still do it. I'm like, why do you still do it? It's, you guys are set. You, your heights are settled. But anyways, if, if David was reasoning of, okay, if Goliath is this tall, I'm this tall, I'm this age, he's been a warrior for this amount of time, he would have never grown in his faith. He just would have been reasoning fear. And he would have been wavering in his faith. But he, David's response was, the same God that was with me with the lion and the bear is the same God that's with me with this uncircumcised Philistine. Right. And he has a bit of trash talk with David. <laughs> now David has a good trash talk thing. Goliath says, you know, you come at me with like sticks and stones. And David's like, yeah, you, whatever, you have your spirits and stuff, but I come at you with the name of the Lord my God. And that's where his faith was, because his faith grew. If you turn to Acts chapter 13, uh, verse 22, it says, um, after he removed him, how about God removing Saul from being king? He says, he raised up David to be their king, concerning whom he also testified and said, 
I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my heart, who will do all my will. I love how it says, I have, I have found David. God said, I have found David, because what does God do? His eyes search to and fro across the whole earth. He's looking for someone who will believe him. And he said, I found David, a man after my heart, who will do all my will. And then later on it says um, in verse 36, we can go there, Acts 13, 36. It says, for David, after he served the purpose of God, is in his own generation fell asleep. What a testimony. What did David do? David served the purposes of God in his own generation. And then he died in faith. That's what I believe. We at Redeemer Coast, we are a church where our faith grows exceedingly. Where we start with where we are at in our faith, and our faith continues to grow step by step so that we can serve the purpose of God in our generation. Right where you are at, you can serve the purpose of God in your generation. God is looking for someone who will believe him, who will believe his word, who will speak his word, who will act his word. I believe that that is us. Is that you? Yes. Yes, that is who we are. You can be, you can serve God's purpose in your generation. You can do that in your job. You can do that in your family. Yeah. You can do that in your finances. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if they say, well, you know, my grandfather had depression. My father had depression. So I have depression and my kids will have depression. No, we don't have to have that. That's right. You can serve the purpose of God in your generation. Yeah. If you just believe his word, so good. you believe his word because God is looking for someone who will believe him. And that's how we serve his purpose in our generation. And so step by step, God is taking us from where we are. He's bringing us from the lion and the bear and up to Goliath. And we can then respond and say, I come at you in the name of the Lord, my God. That's what I believe that we are headed for. We can grow strong in faith. We start with simple faith. And we learned the big faith. I was listening to um, a minister named Keith Moore. And uh, the way he, he started out in ministry, so this is like back when he, before he was even called to the ministry, he didn't even know he was called to the ministry yet. And, you know, he's, he came home one night after church, and as he was falling asleep, he just, the Lord spoke to him and said, I've called you to be a pastor. And he said, I got no sleep that night. He's like, <laughs> Is like, nope, God, you've got the wrong person. That is not me. I don't, that's not who I am. I don't like public speaking. This is not me. He got no sleep. He's tossing and turning and like, how, and he's reasoning in himself, like, how can I do this? How am I going to get there? And then by the time the sun was rising, the Lord spoke to his heart when he, when he finally settled down. The Lord spoke to his heart and said, by the time you get there, I'll have you ready. That's right. So just think right where you are. There is a call of God upon your life. It is not dependent upon age. It is not dependent upon skill level. It is not dependent upon education. It's just, will you believe God and what he's called you to do? Will you hear and will you obey? Will you serve his purpose in your generation? Right where you are at. Because by the time you get there, he'll have you ready. Because he's preparing us 
for what he has prepared for us. He is preparing us for what he has prepared for us. And that's why it's so important, those little things that God tells you to do, to follow those steps, no matter how small it may be. It may just be calling your mom once a week. It may just be talking, saying a, saying a certain thing to your kid and encouraging your child. It may be forgiving someone, or maybe taking that job. You may not know, you may think, well, how is that a big deal? It's a, it's a big deal when it comes from the Lord. How often, I mean, I'm not sure about you, but for me, I know that there'll be times when like God speaks to my heart about something and I'm like, oh, that's a really good thing. I'll definitely remember that. And then you go about your day and then you totally forget it. And I remember one time the Lord corrected me on that. He said, do you not value what I said enough to write it down? It's like, yes, Lord, <laughs> I understand. I will write those things down. Why does he ask me to write them down so that you remember them? Because yeah. that's how you build your faith. When you act on the little things that you know to do, your faith will continue to build. And remember, like sometimes like, we like to complicate things. We like to make things way bigger than they have to be. Yeah. And when I first um, got like my first year out of Bible college, man, I was like, my faith was built. So I'm like, Lord, I'm ready to take on anything. I'm so ready for this. And it's so true coming out of Bible college. You think that way until you start walking it out a bit more and you're like, hmm, there is a lot more I have to learn. It's one thing to know like how to drive, but then you actually put it into practice. It's a whole other thing. And um, so I was trying to make like, I wanted to like start sowing finances into all these different ministries. Because it was really on my heart. I'm like, Lord, I just want to sow seed all, everywhere at any chance that I get. So I'm like trying to support all these different ministries and I'm stressing myself out. I'm not only stressing myself out, I'm putting myself in a very difficult financial position because I'm doing something God did not tell me to do. So I'm like doing all of these different ministries and, and I'm like, I'm thinking I'm sowing in faith and I'm just actually just stressed. And finally the Lord just said to me, he said, pick a ministry and be faithful to it. <laughs> Take one and be faithful because that's where I was at in my faith. I was trying to show that I had big faith by doing all these things. But really where I was at was just one and be faithful to it. Because he was, as Jesus said, he is faithful in the least, is faithful with the much. So it's a great place to start is being faithful with the very little things. Good point. So I believe right now there are things that God's been pointing in your heart of just be faithful with it. Because sometimes we, we miss the supernatural looking for the spectacular. We're looking for the big, we're looking for the better, we're looking for whatever is out there to make it a big deal to look, oh, I've got great faith, when really you're just at the first rung, and that's okay. Start there, be faithful with that, and God will continue to promote you. God will continue to experience victory upon victory so that you know the next time you face the next giant, you're prepared. So I encourage you, be faithful with the little. If we turn to Mark chapter nine, so this is the story in verse 14 this is the story so when Jesus comes back down from the mountain after the Mount of Transfiguration Jesus is walking down there's a whole crowd among them and they're all there's a whole commotion happening and this, um, this man comes out and he falls at Jesus' feet and he says, My son has been tormented with a demon and I asked your disciples to cast him out and they couldn't. 
So if you can do anything, could you do something about this situation? And this is a very interesting story. It's one that people, I find, get confused on a little bit. But I like Jesus' response. He says, if I can do anything, he turns it back and he says, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. And so this man says, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. And when Jesus saw that a crowd was rapidly gathering, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, saying to it, you deaf and mute spirit, I command you come out of him and do not enter him again. Um, then a little bit further down, so that um, all happens. And then his disciples, when they're with Jesus privately, they ask him, um, Jesus, why couldn't we cast him out? And Jesus says, this kind cannot come out anything but by prayer. So this is where people think, well, I just need to pray more. And then, you know, things will start happening. I need to do this more. Maybe we need to get like a huge prayer line. Or maybe you need to like start calling a bunch of people and having more people pray because then this will go. That's not what Jesus was saying. And this is not a, a rebuke. This is an encouragement because that word prayer, it's talking about that fellowship and that worship with the Father. It's having that constant communion with God. Because our faith grows, but it grows when you have that relationship with the Father. Because Jesus, I mean, you look at his life and how often he withdrew from the crowd and he went to go and pray. He just went to have that fellowship with God and that communion with his Father. And that's what kept him in line with what God's will was. Because Jesus said, I only say what I hear my Father say, and I only do what I see my Father do. And where did he get that? He got it from that quiet time with his father. And his disciples, I mean, they are just an encouragement because you see them go from being in unbelief to living it out and all of a sudden they are, they are the apostles. They're the ones who helped start the church. But if you think back three chapters before, like in Mark chapter six, Jesus gave them authority to cast out devils and all those kinds of things. He gave them that authority so then, and then the experience, like they go through like the, the feeding of the 5,000, the feeding of the 4,000. And then they come up to this, this man who has an unclean spirit and they, they try to cast it out and they couldn't. And Jesus says, it's not about you like saying these magic words and it happens. When you say in Jesus name, they're not just a bunch of magic words that we say that works. It's something that you have the faith to back it. And that only comes when you have that fellowship with the Father, in those times when he speaks to your heart and he gives you words to say, and his word is alive in your heart, and then you have the faith to say, no, I know the will of my Father, and I can boldly speak his name, boldly declare his word, and that devil has to flee because it's faith. It's the word of God backed by faith. Not just someone saying, in the name of Jesus, do something. Because Jesus said in Mark chapter 4, right, the parable of the sower, you know, he talked about there's different things that will either choke the word and it will become unfruitful, right? He said like the, the deceitfulness of riches or the desire for other things that they'll choke the word and the word becomes unfruitful. So it's not that the, these disciples didn't have the word. They had the word, but it was, they, this word was entering in at that time an, a hard heart. That's what Jesus said about them. He said, are your hearts still hardened? Do you not yet understand? Because that's where they were at at that time. But their faith grew. 
their faith grew. So that's where they were at. And so Jesus was encouraging them with spend that time with the Father. Have that real relationship with God. Know his will. And all of the disciples go from having the hard heart to all of a sudden, you know, where Peter, he'd be walking on the streets and people would lay the sick on the sides just so Peter's shadow would fall upon them and they would be healed. His faith grew just because they, they simply believe God. They believe God's word is true. It was planted in their heart. They kept, they valued his word and so much so that they acted upon his word. They spoke his word and they grew. And so that's what we do as well. We spend time with the Father. We hear from Him. And His Word planted in our hearts. We believe His Word to be true. We act on it and we, we, receive, we see the results of His Word in our life. And that's, again, another victory. So we go from victory to victory. We walk by faith. I know in my own life, when um, those quiet times with the Lord is so vital. It's in those quiet times with the Lord that I have received wisdom and understanding and answers of what to do next. And about a year ago, when, like, because I'm Canadian, and I needed a visa to stay in the country, and I was going to TAFE and, you know, taking all these different courses just to stay in the country, because I know God's called me to be here on the Sunshine Coast at this church. I'm like, Lord, I know I need to be here. This is where I belong. And um, basically, I was meeting with different migration agents, and they gave me two options. And they were like, this is only the only way you can stay in the country. And I remember praying about those, both those options. And I'm like, Lord, none of these, like, just, they just don't sit right. You know, have you ever been in a situation when you have two options and none of them are right? That's when you need that fellowship with the Father. Yeah. Father, what do you say? What can I believe? Because you can't believe anything unless he said it. That's when you can act upon it. So spending time with the Lord and just asking him what to do next. Like, Lord, show me the next step. And our wonderful Pastor Grant sent me this um, opportunity. At, from It's like a job at Luther Heights at a Christian camp in an office. And I remember thinking, the last thing I want to do is work in an office. I said my whole life, I will never have an office job. And um, so this, like, this kept coming up in my heart as I was praying, like apply for this job. And I remember thinking, but Lord, no, I don't, I, you don't understand. I don't like office work. I'm sitting down all day. I, I, I used to be a PT. I don't sit down. I told my clients not to do that. Now I have to do this. Like just reasoning in myself, I'm not doing this. But the more I spend time with the Lord, and I, I, I sincerely from my heart asked him, Lord, I want my desires to be word, your word based and kingdom purposed. Because sometimes our desires are not right. And we have to ask the Lord to bring them right in the right path so that he can do his will in our lives. And so by his grace and in that time with the Lord and just when you, you know, those quiet times when you come before his presence and you're just like, Father, I desire to do your will. I delight to do your will. And so he worked in my heart and I was like, okay, Lord, I know this is the next step. So I go in for this job and for this interview. And because I've heard from the Lord that this is right, I knew that this is the thing he's called me to do. I knew that this job belongs to me. So I go into the interview, I sit before the operations manager and I said, hire me and you're gonna have to sponsor me to work here. (laughs) 
and uh, and it's a Christian camp, so they were very understanding of you know where I come from and stuff like that. And he said, "Well, okay, Chloe, like, give us the week, and we'll get back to you." And so during that week, you know, my mind is going crazy. Like my mind's like, "Okay, if this doesn't work out, you're gonna have to go to university, get a degree, or do something." And like all these things of reasoning is going through my mind. And then I get a call from him about a week later, and he says, "Chloe, um, I was just doing some research into this like visa. And like, you do know that if you don't get approved, you will be deported, and you can never come back in the country." I was like, "Yeah, I'm aware of that." He's like, "Okay." He's like, "Well, we'll, we'll call you tomorrow. We'll get back to you." And then, oh man, again, your mind is just going nuts. Like the first thing you think, worst case scenario. That's great. I'm going to be deported. I'll never come back to Australia. I'll never quote to Australia Zoo again. I don't want to say goodbye to the Redeemer Coast, like my people, my church, and all these things are going through my mind. But then, God gave me a scripture in that quiet time. Because you know what? When your mind is racing and those thoughts are going through, that's. I mean, there's a reason why Jesus went to the mountain to pray. Withdrew himself and just went to the Father. The Father, like, what do you say? What do you have for me? What's your will? And that's where Jesus got his strength because that's where Jesus heard from the Father. And so, in that quiet time, that's when the Lord led me to um, the story with Jehoshaphat in Second Chronicles chapter twenty, when you know they're facing this army and they said, "Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are upon you." And the Lord said, "Fear not; you will not have to fight." in this battle for it is not yours it's the lord's and that was my scripture and so the next day when he calls me um he's like okay well um chloe we've been thinking about this like are, are you okay with stepping into this knowing that if this does not work you'll be deported and i said yes i know that this is my job i know that this visa will be granted because I'm, i have a word from the lord and i can stand on this right. and i'm not moving right and um I'm so glad they're Christian because that probably just sounded nuts. <laughs> but he says to me, "All right, Chloe. Well, we'll put our faith with yours, and we'll believe that this will work." So praise God, I got the job, and uh, so then I handed all the documents to the migration agent, and he's like, "Well, Chloe, this is great. We'll put it through." He's like, "Hopefully, hopefully, you'll get six months." I was like, "Oh, like six months? Like I just got here." Um, anyway, so we put it through, and it takes about three months to, for them to like do the application and stuff like that. And for the whole three months, you know, you wake up in the morning, and the first thought is, "Oh, what's going to happen? What if it doesn't get approved?" But I wrote down that scripture of "Fear not, nor be dismayed. The battle is not yours; it's God. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord your God." And so that was my scripture. So that thought would come, and I would just speak His word. I was prepared to speak because God gave me that word. And I was prepared to stand on because our faith grows exceedingly, right? The more we step on that, it's that another level. And so after about three months, I got that wonderful your application has been approved, and I didn't get it for just six months. I got it for a year. Praise God! And so I'll be applying again in October. But I have eight years worth of testimonies of visas, and this will be no different. Yes. Amen. That is why faith is so important. Because I'm not just here in Australia just because it's a beautiful country. I'm here because God, the purposes of God, must be done in this nation, and that's why I'm here. And there's things that God has called you to do—to just step out in faith, to take that next step, no matter how wobbly it looks like in the natural. What has God told you to do? I encourage you to step out on that step because He will hold you. When you act on His word, He will cause you to stand. And、uh, Joel chapter three, my last scripture, kind of. I hope 
Then time flew by. It says, proclaim this among the nations. Prepare for war. Wake up the mighty men. Let all the men of war draw near. Let them come up. Feed your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak say, I am strong. Let the weak say, I'm weak. Oh, I feel really, really weak today. This battle, this thing that I'm facing, I can't, I can't do this. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? You sound like the Israelites. What are we going to do? This Goliath thing, he's, he's huge. How is this going to work? This makes no sense. What does it say? Let the weak say, I am strong. If we are people of faith, that means we respond to, di to situations differently than the rest of the world. We respond in faith. We respond knowing that we have the victory. Yeah. We respond with greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. Yeah. We respond with that by his stripes we were healed. Yeah. We respond with my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches in glory. So, we respond with great is the peace of our children. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord our God. So start with where you are at. In Jude chapter 1 verse 24 in the Amplified. Now to him who is able to keep you without stumbling, slipping, or falling. When I was in Bible college, my first month there, all these questions were going through my mind of, Lord, how am, am I going to make it? Am I going to make it in faith? Am I going to make it to this next step? And, you know, those, God is so aware of how you're feeling. He's so aware of the thoughts that are going through your head. But he knows what he's called you to do. He knows where you're going. And I remember, this is a scripture he brought to my heart. He said, Chloe, I'm able to keep you without stumbling, slipping, or falling. He said, if you trust me, do one step at a time, and I'll make sure you make it to the other side. That's good. And I, I, that was when I was in Bible college. And at the end of the year, I was just looking back on the year and just in tears of the faithfulness of God. Because he is so faithful to make sure you make it he will do everything if your if your heart is just willing to believe him you may not know all the answers yet you probably will never know all the answers yet that's why it's called faith you believe what he has said you act on what you do know and he'll show you as you need to know because he's preparing you for what he has prepared for you can we all stand he is able to keep you without stumbling, slipping, or falling. He will make sure you make it to the other side. He is so faithful to his word. Yes. His eyes look to and fro across the whole earth, looking for someone who will believe him. And as we've learned through this whole series of what faith is, right, faith is simple. We simply believe God. We believe that his word is truth. We release our faith. We speak it. We declare it. 
we act upon it, we act upon what we know, we feed ourselves with the Word of God, we spend time meditating on His Word, we spend time in the presence of the Lord, and as we do that, as we grow, we get that step to step, strength to strength, faith to faith, and we continue to grow. So with right where you are at right now, what can you believe? What has he told you to do? Maybe he told you something a while ago and you have not yet acted upon it. And you're looking for a different instruction. I can tell you from my own experience, you will not get a different instruction until you do what you know to do. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much that you are faithful, that your word is true, and that right here, right now, Father, you are showing people or reminding people of what they are to do next, the next step to take, that our faith can grow. And in the same way that David was a man after your own heart because he would simply do your will, Lord, we are a church where our faith grows exceedingly, that the more we grow in our faith, the more impact our faith can have, and that we serve your purpose in our generation. I thank you that the gifts and the call that you have upon us as a church and upon these people, Father, I thank you that you are revealing to them their next step. And we thank you that you are able to keep us without stumbling, slipping, or falling, and you are able to make sure we make it to the other side because you are the author and the finisher of our faith. Amen. He is the author and he's the finisher of our faith. I encourage you, just start with where you're at. Yes, you, right where you are at, start with where you are at. Take that step and see the salvation of the Lord your God. And then this will also become a testimony for the next thing that you face. And when the next thing comes at you, you know exactly what to do. Come on. You know exactly what to do because his word has been planted in your heart. Yes. He gave you scripture six months ago to prepare you for this time right now. Yeah. He's preparing you for what he has already prepared for you. So that no giant, no circumstance, nothing can stand in the way and overtake you because you are growing strong in faith. Amen? Amen.